started. Sorry, <laughs> it's only been one second. Four seconds. With me saying I know. No, 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 no. Um, welcome to, to ATB or not to ATB. Uh, another fabulous episode we're going to um, record while we are a little bit pish on some red wine. Moved on from Aperos. Moved on from Aperos. We're now drinking a lovely red wine mm. <laughs> on a Sunday evening. What glamorous life we live. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be talking about um, the supracellar region mm-hmm. and like the cavernous sinus and the cellar. Yeah. That bit. Yeah. Uh, I think we should start a little bit with sort of anatomy okay. of that area because I know you love anatomy. Love my life. Um, so cavernous sinus. I don't know how you learnt it. I learnt it as otomcat. Oh, great! Tell have me. You ever heard that? No, I have. Um, so you need to write it down yeah. to understand it, uh, which we don't I have. have I do, I do. Do you? Okay. So um, otom goes down the side. Yep. Yeah. No, no, yeah. down. Yeah. And then cat starts here, C-A, and joins that T. Yeah, perfect. So this is the oculomotor nerve. So uh, cranial nerve three. Yeah. That's the trochlear nerve. Then you've got um, V1, V that's it. So it's the ophthalmic division. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got V2, which is the maxillary division. And then you come across, and that's abducens nerve. Okay. Yeah. And that's your carotid. And this is Otom. Otom cat. cat. Yeah. Okay. It's just a way of remembering. Yeah, I love it. A way of remembering, because then... So if you've got, like, for some reason that carotid blows up, the first thing it's going to do is affect, you're going to get an abducens nerve palsy. Why? Because that's the closest thing. Because it's the closest. And that, this is that, this what is this diagram, diagram Yeah, diagram exactly. Shows. Okay, because yeah. that's the closest one. Yeah. And it just reminds you what's in there. Um, and all of this is yeah. carotid sheath. Cavernous sinus. Not carotid sheath. Why do I think carotid sheath? Doesn't matter. Oh, no, I want to, I'm going to have to, you carry on, I'm going to have to look it up now. The cavernous sinus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay, you can do that. Thanks. I think it's important to understand the um, it is. anatomy of it. So, while you're looking that up, I'm going to tell you some facts that mandibular yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, um, Mandibular nerve V3, so the very bottom of our, uh, is it the very bottom of our, oh no, it's not even in there, the mandibular nerve the only segment of the trigeminal nerve that does not Isn't traverse through the cavernous sinus. No, it's not in. It exits inferiorly from Meckel's cave through the foramen ovale. The abducens nerve enters the petrous portion of the temporal bone through Dorello's canal, which is the only down. nerve that travels in the medial venous sinoid, so it's in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're crunching, stop that. My nail. That's going to be super loud. On I'm the so thing. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. The maxillary nerve, so the mm-hmm. V2, it's the only nerve of the cavernous sinus that doesn't go through the superior, doesn't exit through the superior orbital fissure. Instead, where does it go through? The rotunda, the foramen rotunda. Okay. Um, are you looking there? Is there anything there that you're unhappy with? I'm just trying to look for like a clear picture and we're unsuccessful. Have you Googled yeah. Otomcat? No. Yeah, try Sorry. that because that.
<laughs> what have you got? Yeah, weird pictures of cats, but do you see here? That's where I find it quite useful. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly how you said it. Yeah. You carry on. Sorry. Um, pituitary gland, what's it formed from? Rathke's pouch. Yes. yes. Embryonology. Embryon. Em oh my god, embryon. Em Embryologically? Embry oh my god, not embryon. Embryologically. Yeah. It's from rather than. So I used to always think it was brain downwards, but mm. no. No. It's upwards yeah. from this um, Rathke's cleft. Yes. Which grows upwards. So, Rathke's, um, so pituitary gland is formed from Rathke's pouch, which is a superior invagination from the primitive oral cavity. Mm. The pituitary gland sits in the cella tersica, we know that. Yeah. Uh, the pituitary has an anterior and posterior lobe. Rathke's yes. pouch closes off to form a vesicle that involutes. Sometimes the involution is incomplete and a cleft can be left behind, which might give rise to either a craniopharyngioma or a Rathke's clepsis. We'll talk about those in a bit. Anterior lobe of the pituitary, what does it produce? That's all the hormonal stuff. Exactly. Um, ACTH, prolactin, TSH, FSH, LH, whatever. Posterior lobe? Not sure. Posterior lobe of the pituitary is derived from neuroectoderm, so that's the bit that comes like brain down, mm -hmm. uh, and is Prize of axons from the hypothalamus, and then that produces vasopressin and oxytocin. So vasopressin does your like fluid regulation, oxytocin, amongst other things, does orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else Key. it does. Yeah, I'm sure it does other things. All we care about. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> uh, so. The pituitary gland has a wide range of normal morphology, depending on patient age, sex, hormonal pregnancy status, blah, 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 so it can look like anything. But the normal posterior pituitary, what does that look like? The normal posterior pituitary. Have you ever heard of the posterior pituitary bright spot? So it can be bright, uh, particularly on T1 weighted but can images. That normally. Normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal. Sorry, yeah. Um, tell me about it's actually one of your favorite things. Mm -hmm. I'll get you back engaged. Sorry, I'm so unengaged. That's okay. Tell me about empty cellar. You told me you see loads of them. Stop biting them. I have, yeah. I can't remember. So, empty cellar can be a normal variant yeah, if you see it by itself, yeah. And it's when uh, the cellar itself is quite full of CSF and you've got your pituitary gland like. Pushed up. Yeah. yeah. But when can it be unusual? I guess they've got, they've got like a micro pituitary. No. No? Okay. Why would it be pushed against the floor? If of the there's cell? something like pathological pushing it. Yeah. Assist? No. Mm. What if I told you? So there's a name here for this condition that I've never heard of. Okay. I've heard of the condition. Yeah. It gives it the second name, but okay. I've never heard of the first name, but perhaps you have. Mm -hmm. A pseudotumor cerebri. Cerebri. No. no. Also known as idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. Heard of that. Do you know some features of that? 
educational hypertension, yeah. These are usual, usually people who present with symptoms of hydrocephalus, so they're often unsteady on their feet, might have a headache, etc. etc. Am I good? Unsteady on your feet, I don't think so. Okay, fine. That's benign intracranial hypertension. Uh, no, that's uh, idiopathic. It, uh, that's the hydrocephalus. Yeah. So, what's this one called? This one is the idiopathic intracranial hypertension, not the not the ones where they're wet, wobbly, and wacky. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, of which is the hydrocephalus. Okay. This is the other one, which is just which is young, blood, high blood pressure females, and they're fat. Okay. It says here that they're black also, but okay. I thought it was just young, okay. fat females. Okay. Uh, this is the one, so you get um, visual changes and headaches. It's quite a common one in neuroradiology. Like, that's, you know, when we were going through the causes of headaches, mm. that's yeah. quite a common one. Yeah. Um, so it's the idea... Idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Yeah. And the idea is that and it's And what was because the one I was talking about earlier? About you were talking about... Uh, it's... I always get these confused, so it's annoying that you've asked. Sorry. Um, normal pressure hydrocephalus. Normal pressure. Yes, sorry. Yeah. That's what, exactly that what I was thinking about. Nothing wet. to do with this. And this was an old man, my patient. It's an old one. man. They're wet, wobbly, and wacky. So yeah. they are incontinent. They've got gait disturbance. And yeah. they've got some sort of dementia. Yeah, And sorry. it's one of the causes of reversible dementia. Yeah, sorry. So that's why you have to rule it out. But that is different. And that's called... Normal pressure hydrocephalus. Yeah. Different. Two. This one is idiopathic intracranial hypertension. It's a known cause. Which is also called here pseudotumor cerebri. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but that is, you think of it as they're getting these symptoms, so headache and visual change. Mm -hmm. They're getting them because CSF is too high pressure. Yeah. So things that might make you think the CSF is too high pressure are... You get this empty cellar because imagine that the CSF is pushing so much is pushing the yeah. gland into the cellar. It's like squashing. I it. thought it's up, but yeah. Okay. No, 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 it's on the floor. It's okay. like squashed yeah. on the side. Um, Meckel's cave might look large okay. because you've got too much pressure of CSF. Your optic discs protrude Bulged. into the yeah. back of the globes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ventricles can be completely normal in size or actually slightly small. Mm -hmm. But one of the key features, and they don't know whether, like, this is chicken or egg, yeah. but um, you can get the sigmoid or the transverse sinus on one side is stenotic. So in my mind, I have absolutely no idea whether this is correct or not, but I think about that's the initial problem, uh -huh. that you're not draining. Uh -huh. So then you get this, like, back pressure Into and the, the CSF cellar, is... Yeah. Is raised in its pressure. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so that's empty cellar. So let's talk about cellar and paracellar masses. Okay. How do you how do you approach a mass in that region? Um what to categorize. So I've got a little ca initial categorization, but I don't know where yeah. that's going. If whether you're talking about that, and that goes by size, is that what you're No. Talking? Okay, you're not talking about that Not yet. talking about that yet. So you're talking about whether it's intra or extra? Yes. Yeah. So is it intrinsic to yeah. the pituitary, or is it adjacent representing an extra, extra. pituitary okay. lesion? Yeah. Very nice. So, so then can we talk about the intra first? I'd love to do oh, that. Great. Tell me. So then within the intra, you can categorise them according to size. Two of them you can. Yeah, two of them. 
there are some other things yeah. that you don't categorize yeah. yeah whatever yeah yeah the ones i am <laughs> i remember so what i'm talking about is a micro versus a macro adenoma and i think the difference in size is one centimeter yes specifically um, and because of that, so you have a microadenoma, which is a lesion that's less than one centimeter. And if they're going to present with symptoms, they're going to present with hormonal symptoms. Relax. Whereas a is more than one centimeter. Yeah. If they present, they usually present with more uh, pressure effects. So Such visual, mostly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the macro versus the micro can be more cystic, I think. Uh, can sometimes be a little bit more hemorrhagic, but I'm not convinced. Both of them, micro and macro, can enhance. Um, yes. uh, so I've got written here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, macro can be enhancing. It doesn't say about micro. Um, okay. Optic chiasm displaced. You'll see. Pressure effect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and nice. also in a macroadenoma, the bony cell is often enlarged. Um, so the whole cell turcica can be sort of expanded. Yeah, bone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then macroadenomas can encase the carotid. We never took a picture of our food. That's okay. Sorry, Kaya. That's okay. Um, I'm gutted. <laughs> we'll take one with our food. Yeah. Uh, macroadenomas can encase the carotid, but they don't narrow it. Is that the same as... I don't know if now this is what I was referring to. Do you know how I said to you earlier? I was like, there's something that encases but doesn't push push on. But there was another something else that encases the carotid that we just spoke about. So I suspect there'll be something that encases the carotid and does. I know, but do you know we, what we've just spoken about? Yeah. Which wasn't. Do you mean the posterior fossa? Not the schwannoma, not the meningioma. One of, yes. Encases. Encases as well. Yeah. Okay, so they both. An epidermoid cyst in cases. cases. Yeah, which is um, exactly what this one does. Macroadenoma. Macroadenoma can be case that won't narrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me go back to that. Sorry. Macroadenomas may encase the carotid but tend not to narrow it. In contrast, meningiomas or METs can narrow uh, the carotid. Okay. So it's like a good differentiator. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pituitary macroadenoma can bleed after medical yes. treatment, and that can give you a really weird MRI appearance, all yeah. sorts of weird stuff yeah. going on. Um, intratumoral hemorrhage is distinct from pituitary apoplexy. Do you know what pituitary apoplexy is? I have heard of that before. So it's a clinical syndrome of severe yeah. headache and your endocrine stuff. stuff goes wild. And that's caused by hemorrhage into an otherwise completely normal pituitary. Okay, that's um, pituitary apoplexy. Apoplexy, yeah. So it says you bleed into your pituitary, your pituitary size is actually fine, but you've just bled into it, causing hormonal... Causing all sorts of madness, whereas yeah. you don't have like a macroadenoma there in the first place, but or you can like hemorrhage into a macroadenoma, but that's not well. pituitary apoplexy. Right, so it's Except a normal size pituitary that yeah. bleeds into itself. Yeah. yeah, okay. Tell me about some other, so that's pituitary, micro, and macro yeah. adenomas. Do you know any other intrinsic, intrinsic. pituitary masses? Hmm. I've got how many? Three. Fuck my life. Um, give me a hint. One of them you see, yeah, and in, in the exam, I believe you mm. only see it, mm -hmm. but take that with a pinch of salt, yeah. in peripartum women. Oh, yes. So this is apophysitis. 
No. What? Say that again. Apophysitis? No. Hypophysitis. Hypophysitis. That's what I meant. <laughs> Lymphocytic hypophysitis. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's another one that's like Langerhan cell hypophysitis. Um, interesting. So it's actually granulomatous hypophysitis. No, no. But in kids, don't you get Langerhan cell? Sure. So let's talk about granulomatous so, hypophysitis. Yeah, this is the one in pregnant women. So gran no. So lymphocytic hypophysitis oh, is the in peripartum women. Yeah. Um, it's autoimmune inflammatory disorder, yeah. and it can affect the pituitary and the infundibulum, which is the stalk, yeah. right? Um, and it presents as diabetes insipidus, headache, visual impairment, and endocrine dysfunction. In a pregnant woman? In a peripartum woman. So they could have just but, given birth. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I had a case of this on call, and I didn't realise. Okay. I did a head for a woman, but they were like, she's got diabetes insipidus, she's just given birth, don't know why. Yeah. I said everything was normal. But then I read this this page and was like, maybe she had a hypothesitis. Um, and this is the one that one of the neuroconsultants was showing me a pituitary that was like enlarged, whatever, and he was telling me about causes, and I said, macroadenoma, whatever. Yeah. And then he kept on saying this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went like, obesity <laughs> and he was like no what i'm trying to say is pregnancy yeah so exactly it's a classic pericarton yeah uh so presents with diabetes insipidus headache vision impairment endocrine dysfunction mm -hmm. the mri will show a thickening and intense enhancement of the pituitary stalk usually with an enlargement of the pituitary gland that looks similar to a macroadenoma yeah. So you get the stalk enhancement. Specifically. Yeah. And then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, treated with steroid therapy. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. You're like, this is an autoimmune thing. Come, calm down with yeah. steroids. Chill, chill, chill. So then the other one you're telling me about is a granulomatous hypophysitis. Which is that is the Langerhans one? Hold on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's. Secondary to any granulomatous Oh, sarcoid, whatever. So sarcoid, vagueness, tuberculosis, and Langerhans cell. Okay. The Langerhans cell, I know, is classically in kids. Langerhans hypophysitis is a disease of children. Yes. Lovely. In all causes, imaging is identical to lymphocytic hypophysitis. So remind me. This uh, is sarcoid. No, no, what does lymphocytic hypophysitis look like? We've just oh, talked about bright it. Bright stalk with, stalk with an enlarged pituitary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Which could look like a Exactly. Yeah. Thickening and intense enhancement of the pituitary stalk mm -hmm. and an enlargement of the pituitary gland yeah. may look like a macroadenoma. Yeah. But obviously, the history guides you if they've got sarcoid or if they're a child. They're not peripartum, whatever. You yeah. might think more. One thing or the other. One thing or the other. Okay. So tell me so far the four causes of an intrinsic pituitary mass. So you could have a microadenoma less than one centimetre. Mm -hmm. You can have a macroadenoma more than one centimetre. Yeah. And then you can have your um, sort of more autoimmune things. So you can oh causes of hypophysitis, which is one... Hypophysitis of pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lymphocytic, lymphocytic hypophysitis. hypophysitis. And that's the one in pregnancy. Peripartum. Peripartum, which you can have, you know, when you're about to give birth or just after. Yeah. And comes with diabetes, insipidus, headaches, visual yeah. impairment. Yeah. 
and then you can, it could also come with sarcoid. You know, and now I'm talking about granulomatous, and these can be sarcoid. Any granulomatous or, yeah, which I don't think we're supposed to call vagueness no, anymore. It's, it's called like polyangitis with something. Yeah, we're always vagueness. But apparently, um, Dr. George got reported by a medical student for calling something vagueness. What? And they were like, Dr. George is a Holocaust denier. And he told me this and he was like, I've never been more horrified. Anyway. That is mental. Yeah. So then he was like being really specific about what it's called. And I was like, do you mean vagueness? And he was like, absolutely not. You can't trick me. <laughs> and then told me that story. That's mad. Yeah. Imagine reporting him. Outrageous. Anyway. Um, so that's granulomatous hypophysitis, which is sarcoid, vagueness, tuberculosis, Langerhans cell. Langerhans cell. Kids. Kids. Very nice. And then I've got a fifth one. Rackley's cleft cysts. Oh, yeah. Rathke's may be limited to the pituitary gland, but actually it's more commonly seen extrinsic to mm. the pituitary. You know, you were telling me about the em- embryology. Embryolo- embryo- oh no, I've now gone. Embryology. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so it could be, if you think about that pouch, the outpouching, you could get a cyst right at the end of the yeah. outpouching, but yeah. it's more common along the track of the cyst. Okay. Happy? Yeah, I think so. Um, Time-wise, how are we doing? Do we want to do supracellar masses? Mm, no, we're on 21. Oh, God, we should do stop. Yeah. Okay. Kind of regards, we'll do supracellar masses next time. I hope that helps.